There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. We are going to cover some deep theological and philosophical terms in this episode of Revealing the True Light. Most of them are rooted in Hinduism and New Age spirituality. So listen intently, listen carefully. In fact, you may need to listen to this episode more than once to really get it. Evidently, we live in a world full of people who are blind spiritually, caught up with material things, oblivious to eternal things. Why? What is the cause of this spiritual darkness, this egocentric way of living, this dreadful lower nature that dominates so many people's lives? What's going on in this world? Well, the title of this episode is Maya or Deception. What's clouding the minds of people? So we've got to define some terms right here at the beginning. What is Maya? That's spelled M-A-Y-A. Many Hindus and New Agers, because New Age spirituality is drawn primarily from Hinduism and Far Eastern mystical religions, many Hindus and New Agers believe that Maya or delusion, that's what it means, delusion prevents human beings from seeing that all things are one, and that their souls are actually one with the oversoul, or that impersonal life force out of which all the universe emanated called Brahman. Let me go back and say that again. Maya, according to Hindus, is the delusionary influence that prevents human beings from seeing that all things are one and that their souls, in the Hindu vernacular that is Atman, their souls are one with the oversoul, which is Brahman. Atman is Brahman. In other words, you are God, but you have this false, delusionary idea that you are separate from God, according to that worldview. And because of spiritual blindness and spiritual ignorance, human beings fail to recognize that they actually are God, that everything is God, which is a doctrine called monism. Monism means all is one. Now, maya or delusion is the automatic outcome of two beliefs. One is pantheism and the other is monism. Pantheism is the idea that all is God and God is all that all the substances, forces, and laws in this universe are the result of an emanation of God that's different than a creation of God. Now, within the Christian worldview, the creation exists apart from the creator. But in Hinduism, the majority of Hindus believe that the universe is 
an emanation of the Godhead. And the Godhead is just an impersonal life force, a level of consciousness, and out of it everything emanated. And so all physical matter is a delusion. It's not really a tree, it's God. It's not really a bush, it's God. It's not really a dog or a cat, it's God. It's not really evil human beings or good human beings, it's God, the Godhead veiling itself, and I did say itself because in that worldview, the Godhead is referred to as an it. It's the Godhead veiling itself in the appearance of physical matter. But really at its core, the essence is spirit. It's not really matter. Matter is temporary. Matter is something that will pass away. Matter is a false appearance that captivates us in maya, in this delusion of living for this world, which is temporary, and living for the pleasures of this world, which are all temporary. It's all a delusion. And it's because we fail to embrace the idea of monism, as I mentioned before, the idea that all is one. All the universe is simply an emanation of the life force that brought it into existence. We've got to see past all these illusory images and realize spirit is behind it all. That's why people that embrace this idea think that the world is not real. The universe is not real. Evil is not real. Good is not real. Pain is not real. Pleasure is not real. All of these are just veils deluding your mind into thinking you can live for them or be controlled by them when in reality, true reality, ultimate reality is a much different thing altogether. These doctrines of Maya and monism and pantheism. And incidentally, the word pantheism comes from two words, pan, theos. Pan means all and theos means God. All is God. These doctrines of Maya and pantheism and monism altogether result in a concept called Advaita, A-D-V-A-I-T-A in Hindu teaching. Advaita is the idea that the universe is not real. It's an illusion. It's like a huge supernatural matrix perpetrated by God. But because of Maya, human beings are locked inside of it and they think it's real when it's all just an illusion. And in fact, the Hindus take it even further and call it Lila. And Lila means a kind of divine game of cosmic proportions is God, in a sense, pulling the veil over our eyes and preventing us from seeing what is true reality. And it's a divine game. Well, not all Hindus believe that, though the majority do. I might mention that a revered teacher named Madhva, who lived from 1238 to 1317 AD, he taught Deveda, that's D-V-A-I-T-A, which is dualism where Advaita is monistic, it believes in the oneness of everything. Dvaita is dualistic, and it insists that the universe is real, and that God does exist apart from it. In fact, Madhva, who was Hindu now, remember that, he was a Hindu, he 
said it is blasphemous to accept that a perfect God changes himself into an imperfect world. Now, that's kind of shocking to some New Agers that a Hindu would actually believe that there was a different way of looking at the universe than the traditional Vedantic viewpoint. Well, before I give the biblical point of view, I think one of the best ways of responding to this idea is to quote Annie Dillard from a book she wrote titled Pilgrim at Tinker Creek. She said these words. She said, divinity is not playful. The universe was not made in jest, but in solemn, incomprehensible earnest by a power that is unfathomably secret and holy and fleet. No, it's not a big joke. It's not a game. It's not the Godhead pulling the wool over our eyes and trapping us in this horrible way of looking at things, this deluded way of looking at things. No, we're dealing with something completely different. Now, before I go to the Christian point of view, let me mention that in Buddhism, you've got a slightly different way of looking at things. Buddhism teaches the doctrines of impermanence and emptiness. That's the idea that all things are empty of any lasting essence and nothing is permanent. Well, there's a certain degree of truth in that because many things in this natural world are not permanent. No wonder the writer of Ecclesiastes said, vanity of vanities all is vanity and vexation of spirit. And the original Hebrew word means grasping for the wind. Everything in this world, if you live for the natural world, if you live for the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye and the pride of life, you're going to be sorely disappointed because it's all temporal. It's temporary. It's not an illusion. It's real, but it is something that only has a temporary existence. And so that's true to a certain degree. However, Buddhism teaches that nothing has any permanence and everything is empty of any lasting essence. Well, that's not true because you have an eternal soul. And if you link up in a covenant relationship with God, then you will have an eternal and permanent glorified body and you will be an inhabitant of a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth that will last forever. And so within Christianity, we do see some things that have the nature of permanence and they are filled with value and purpose and divine influence. So I think Buddhism at times is one of the most pessimistic ways of looking at life. A Buddhist would tell you, no, it's not pessimistic. It's realistic to think that all of this will dissolve away and, and none of us have any lasting existence. At death, we just cease to exist personally in the Buddhist worldview, but not in the Christian worldview. Thank God. Jesus said, he that believes on me has everlasting life. Now, let me tell you how we explain this messy world, this crazy world that we live in with all these unpredictable things that happen. Why is it the way it is? Is it just a delusion? Is it some kind of divinely authored matrix and we're caught in it and we don't know what's real or what's not real? Or is there a way of explaining what's going on? 
I would uphold the latter, that there is a way of explaining what's going on. The biblical worldview declares, let me emphasize this, that the world is real and that God exists apart from the physical universe. That's a very important distinction. I do not believe in pantheism, which is the idea that the universe is an emanation of God, so everything here is God. That's what the yin-yang symbol represents on the highest level. The teardrop that is black and the teardrop that is white being in one circle represents the idea that on an ultimate level, God is both darkness and light, both evil and good, because everything in the universe is an emanation of the God ahead. And so it is God. The most terrible things in this world are an emanation of God. The most wonderful thing, but it's all an illusion, so it doesn't really matter in that worldview, in that new age kind of approach. But in a biblical worldview, the world is real and God exists apart from the physical universe. Spiritual blindness and the corruption that is in the world is not the effect of delusion. It's not the effect of maya. It's the result of deception. And there's a difference between delusion and deception because there are three main influences in this world that cause the deception. It's not God. It's not a cosmic kind of divine game where he's messing with our minds. But the three things that cause deception are number one, Satan, number two, sin, and number three, self. And I'm going to go back and give you scripture for all of that. First of all, Satan, in Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 9, it talks about how in these last days, war will break out in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. The dragon is a representative symbol of Satan. But they did not prevail, nor was place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, I'm not praising the devil by any means, but that is an impressive track record that he has deceived the whole world, that every single person born into this world to one degree or another, on one level or another, has fallen under satanic deception, either from the devil himself or from one of his demons. And there's an army of fallen angels that work under him that surround the globe. Satan is not with you every day. He's not omnipresent. But he does have demonic powers that infiltrate people's lives globally. And so deception is rampant in this world because the devil is a mastermind and the demons that work under him are very capable of twisting evil and making it look like good and turning something that's bitter into sweet and something that's really deadly into something that looks fulfilling and pleasurable and desirable. The whole world is full of demonic deception, but that's not the only source because Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13 says, we should exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of us should be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. See, the heart can be hardened against God, hardened against the truth, 
hardened against surrender and submission to Jesus' lordship because of deceitfulness, the deceitfulness of sin. Sin looks enticing. It's painted up in pretty packages sometimes. That greedy state of mind looks enticing because you think material things are going to fulfill you. And some of the most depressed people in the world are the wealthiest people in the world. It's not an answer. Sin is deceitful. Immorality sometimes looks alluring, enticing, but it's a death sentence. It deadens your mind. It deadens your emotions. It deadens your conscience. It's deceitfulness, the deceitfulness of sin. And I could go through a whole long list of ways that sin appears like it's going to be beneficial to you, but in the end, it destroys you mentally and emotionally and spiritually and physically and ultimately eternally. If that's not enough, there's one other source of deception that's even worse. Yes, I did say it's even worse. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Now I'm talking about a a person who has not been born again, not been regenerated by the power of God. That person does not have God indwelling him or her. That person is not in a covenant relationship with the Creator. I'm talking about someone who is in a fallen state, and the human heart in a corrupted, fallen state is undependable, untrustworthy. The heart is deceitful above all things. Human beings are capable of anything. If you get your heart right, sin will not have power over you, and Satan is already a defeated foe. And so the key element is dealing with your own heart and your willingness to serve God, to surrender to God, to love God, to be in a covenant relationship with God. Because when you receive Jesus into your life, he's the opposite of deception. He said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. So when you receive Jesus into your heart and he's enthroned inside of you, the truth is enthroned inside of you. You're begotten of the word of truth, and the Bible says you're born of the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of truth. So truth is the primary essence of who you are because you're begotten of the word of truth and born of the spirit of truth. And by that dual influence, truth is reigning in you. Now we're coming up on a very dangerous era. Jesus' disciples asked him when the second coming would take place. And his first response was, take heed that no one deceives you. And then he went on to say, many false Christs and false prophets will arise and will deceive many. And here, this is very important. He said, many will come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. That's Mark chapter 13, verse six. However, the word Christ does not appear in the original. It was inserted by the translators. If you read Mark 13, verse six, literally, he said, many will come in my name saying, I am and shall deceive many. Well, that's something you often hear New Agers declare. They have a way of declaring their own divinity and their own infinitude by saying, I am that I am, taking upon themselves a name that belongs only to God. 
So here you have it. I've got to bring this to a close. There's got to be a reason for the darkness that's in this world. There's got to be a reason for the pain that fills the human race and for the dark condition of the human heart. It's either maya, it's either delusion, either you've got to have an awakening to spiritual knowledge where you realize that you are God or it's deception. And you've got to overcome that deception by coming to God, not realizing that you are God. That's what the occultists, that's what the New Agers, that's what the Hindus who believe in this uh, point of view would tell you. But you don't need to overcome the delusion of not knowing who you are. You need to admit what you are and say, I am a sinner. I have sinned against God. I repent of my sins and I receive the Lord Jesus. You'll find out at that moment, the yoke of deception is broken over your life. And if you find out who he is, you automatically find out who you are. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shreve's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.